All right, so we're going to be talking about uh, Gaethje versus Khabib. Uh, Justin Gaethje versus Khabib. I get crucified every time I try to say his last name, but I'll give it a try. Uh, <laughs> Norma Gamadev. I, I got it wrong again. Norma Gamadev. I, I, I think that's right. Um, and I, guys, I, I know he's been champion for a while. I just I never can. What'd you What'd you say? <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like a good name, doesn't it? I wouldn't know. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, know. It's so, not like um, it's forming a Christian. No, yeah. So um, <laughs> this is going to be a really interesting fight. Uh, Gaethje, his background, uh, he was a wrestling state champion, um, and uh, he took up MMA, and he's far more of a striker nowadays. He is known for being incredibly, incredibly aggressive. His old style before he came to the UFC was he would just shell up in a high guard, um, and, th and then just walk his opponents down. Um, just very straightforward stance, take a huge deal of punishment. Uh, it's M the, the reason this is surprising is because it's MMA. So in boxing, you have the big gloves. Um, if you're a smaller guy, then the gloves could actually cover like a good deal of your face, and you could just walk people down in a high guard. Uh, that's not so in MMA. So he would, end up, he would dispel a lot of the force of the punches, but he would end up taking a lot of punishment. He's known for devastating leg kicks, um, and, uh, and just getting into close range and, and just destroying people. Really great at cutting off the ring. Uh, Khabib, on the other hand, is a wrestler um, through and through. All of his striking is meant to set up his wrestling. Um, uh, he, once he gets you on the ground, and especially against the cage, he's really good, not so like he can, but he's not so much good at single legs at double legs uh, and, and just shooting at you. He's much better at using striking to close the distance, getting you in close, and then walking to the cage. And once he has you up against the cage, he's completely changed the, the kind of meta um, of what you do with someone up against the cage. Uh, he, he takes away every base of support you have. Every way you have of trying to stand up, he does not. And, and he, he doesn't have necessarily knockout power um, to finish it all on the ground. I mean, he does, but it's not common. He'll just pound on you until you're ready to give up or the fight ends. So if you're in a championship fight with him, he could just have you on the ground almost the whole time. So that's 25 minutes of just a guy wailing on you pretty much. Um, what makes this an interesting fight for me is that uh, Gaethje usually comes in uh, you know, with, with the high guard and absorbing the punishment, but he's been much better the last few fights about using head movement and footwork and not absorbing so, absorbing so much punishment. He lost, Roy, he lost his first two fights in the UFC, right? So he came in, he was supposed to be like from this other um, organization and he was supposed to be like this, you know, he's gonna knock everyone out. And then he had two of the bloodiest fights you've ever seen. Like you need to, you need to check them out. Um, they, they were absolutely insane. Um, and, uh, and, and, and ended up losing both of them. And then he kind of went back, recalculated, and um, he still has the high guard. He still is able to use it and absorb punishment. But uh, he's incorporating head movement and counters with them. He's incorporating um, everything he should be, and he's looking a lot better. The problem is he tends to stop takedowns by ducking low, right? So if you're going to shoot into a guy, right, you want your head by his hip, right? Now imagine right. that guy, imagine that guy uh, who's about to shoot in on you, you just, instead of trying to like sprawl or get out of the way, you just duck down yourself. 
So it's basically like two bulls charging at each other, right? He's like, he stops takedown by, by kind of using his own head. It's not technically a headbutt, right? I mean, we're getting into a Vander Holyfield <laughs> yeah, like tactics up, here. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's not technically, it's not technically a headbutt, um, but it, 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 you will be running your own head into him if you do that. Um, Khabib likes to uh, throw a lot of knees and a lot of uppercuts because he doesn't want your base low. He wants to throw that uppercut and throw that knee so you straighten up because it's much easier to take someone down and drive them to the cage uh, when they straighten up. Now, if he tries to do that to Gaethje, Gaethje will, is one of the cra craziest guys. He'll just absorb knees on his guard. Get like, so if you, if you could imagine someone's trying to knee you in the face, right? What would your natural mm -hmm. be to that? Yeah, you, know, you move out the way. You move the hell out of the way, you right? You straighten up. Yeah. yeah. Gatesy's just like, no, I'm just going to bring my elbows down and I'm going to take that knee on my guard. Um, so I could see Gatesy landing some good counters and staying on his feet um, a lot longer than other guys have. Um, it's a possibility. Not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it's a possibility. And of course, his wrestling could help him on the ground. That's been the case in, in a lot of other... Um, that's been the case in a lot of other people who fought Khabib and it didn't help him out too much. He's also a pretty competent striker himself. So I see Gaethje having a big chance here if he has the right game plan. Whether he will or not, or he just ends up on the ground getting beat up like all of other Khabib's competitors because he's undefeated at the time. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, you know, that's something to be seen. Um, you know, when I look at, it's funny you should say that because when I look at Gaethje, right? Mm -hmm. There's two boxers that come to mind. Boom Boom Mancini and Ben and uh Benny Pazianza. Which means I'm, not, that I'm not too familiar with them actually. Benny Pazianza and Boom Boom Mancini. Which means that they look like their faces look like they met they never made a punch they didn't like. Okay. Just the uh, flat nose kind of like <laughs> looks like their skull's been slowly just the flat nose, yeah. they've been flat nose. So when you see him but it, it, it's like you know you're going to get some action because mm -hmm. he's going to bring it to you and you can hit me and, and do all this thing, but I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Whatever it is, you can do that. So that's what, that's what I see about him. And that's probably typical, I guess, in the American MMA fighter. I don't know because I don't think that they've been as skilled as some of the fighters from across the water. I, I may be wrong about this. I don't know, but I know it's not as typical of MMA like, fighters because you can't, you don't have the gloves. So you can't, most people could yeah, not okay. take that amount of punishment. So they don't, they, they're not as aggressive as this guy who's, who's crazy. He's like the Tasmanian yeah, this devil. Guy is. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Benny Pansy has his name, the Tasmanian devil. That was his nickname. Because Are you kidding me? That is, called oh, ben, it was called I wonder ben, if that was in my ben subconscious or something, because I just said I'm not familiar with that guy. No. That's crazy. It, it was Benny Pazianza, the Tasmanian devil. That was his nickname. Because he was willing to come in and you might chew you up, chew you up, chew you up, chew you up. But you better be ready for that if mm -hmm. you're going to survive. And Boom right. Boom Mancini was kind of the same way. You know, they didn't have the best boxing skills. But boy, they were, you found very few that was tougher than they were. And you had to be the idea, you had to be, and I, I've, I've heard of many fighters tell, tell me, say, you can be better a boxer and everything else than this guy or uh, any that you're participating in against, 
but you better be in shape because some guys are prone to just take a kick, butt kicking before they come and get you. So that's, that's what's going to be. Gacy, that's what's going to be that's interesting. Exactly what I thought about. People get people get scared of Khabib. They get paralyzed. I don't think this guy's going to get well, paralyzed. Well, see, but this is the thing about Khabib and reading about him and the, the little video I've had a chance to really be on him. When I start hearing guys talk about retirement, you know, mm -hmm. and Dana is saying, well, I got a special surprise for you after this match. It's almost as if they're expecting him not to win this match. Now, is this the mm -hmm. type of fighter that KD could be to, to, to retire him? He has wins that you said over McGregor, you says, and yeah, uh, everyone. He has wins. He has wins over over every, so many every, yeah. skilled fighters. It's over, ridiculous. So many guys, right? So you have to almost think that when you start those retirement words, always do something to a boxer, to any fighter, for any, any athlete, because mm -hmm. that means that I that, that that maybe this may be the night that I just don't have it anymore, and I don't want to do it after this. And when you start seeing him, Dana, yeah, I got special things for you. Is it a fight? Is there a bigger fight on the horizon after this? You know, are you going to fight the heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury? Or something? I mean, what's bigger? I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> where, where is he going with this thing? So that's what I, you know, that that's what I think about. I, I, in reading him. So you think you think a, he might walk in having already mentally checked out, and because of that, maybe hasn't put in the training, or maybe he's realize that it that he has issues with like i don't know say like maybe injuries that have been nagging for years or, or just feels himself slowing down hmm. he lost his father also that could be hmm. a re you know those things that, that inspiration i don't know if that was true or not if, if that was his but that could be part of his inspiration it was his dad his dad's gone now so you start hmm. thinking about the real part of life and that's that's you know that's just the life of an athlete uh david yeah well, we'll we'll see. Some Best people it lights combat. a fire under them, and then some people some people it's like not that it 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 drains them. So we'll we'll see what happens. Either way, I think I think it's going to be a really interesting fight. It's going to be full of action yeah. regardless. So um, I invite everyone to tune in. It's this month. Definitely check it out. Yeah, it was the twenty fourth of October, right? Correct, sir. Yes. Good fight. Good fight night. Good fight night. Bob Aaron said something that's just made sense, and I've been saying this for the longest. At the end of 2000, pay-per-view basically just died. HBO got out of the game, not because they were losing money, because they weren't. They're a subscription-based company that mm -hmm. provides movies and everything else. They make tons of money a month. Well, you watch a boxing match or nothing else, it didn't matter but they had nothing else to promote. And that's why they got out of the game. Oscar was gone. They mm -hmm. lost Floyd for what, you know, for what he was. He was out of the door. They saw Manny aging. There just wasn't many, there weren't many guys to fight. Canelo. Which is sad, which is sad because HBO has always been my favorite um, when it, it comes to boxing. Yeah, and very professional, spent, always on their game, put together great shows is, you know, very, very actually, sad they left. And they actually made a contributing budget anywhere from 15 to 20 sometimes 25 percent of their budget went into boxing mm -hmm. which means that and the reason they did that starting back in 73 which was the fight with you know george and joe frazier was the first actually pretty for boxing match that they actually did and, and the sunshine oh, really sunshine showdown 
That's a, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a mouthful. Sunshine Showdown in Jamaica, right? That was their first bit into into the boxing game. But then a few years later, it became part of their programming. Mm -hmm. But they built stars, and this is what they, and you got to look at in the '80s. You had a young Mike Tyson. You had that whole '84 Olympic team, basically Whitaker, Meldrick. Uh, even Briggs, even though well, he might have been the weakest. Here's here's the one. thing, though. If they if why were they so good at that at building these these guys up and getting awareness out to the public and let everyone knowing that a fight was coming, um, as opposed as opposed to all these guys now um, who who charge seventy five dollars and then it seems like you know people people know when the Lakers are playing. People know. Right um you, you know when they're when their baseball team is playing nobody knows about boxers um matches coming up even if they're from the same city as those boxers and it's That's really true. so so why did hbo do such a good job whereas uh whereas now they're just terrible at it there were two things david usa boxing nbc television abc and cbs sports they carried boxing now what they hmm. did was they carried, they carried the up-and-coming boxer, right? Mm. So Sugar Ray Leonard, first time out the gate, bam, he's on CBS. Mm -hmm. A young George Foreman, even back in 1968, 69. If you remember that night, Evander Holyfield, Pernell Whitaker, Meldrick Taylor, Terrell Biggs, and uh, what's the light, Virgil Hill. Those kids made their pro debut on ABC television, free television. Mm -hmm. Now. So what's happened is people saying, whoa, that's the 84 Olympic team. So people start watching for these guys. Then next comes USA Television. USA with their weekly uh, in, in different locations. Like you said, uh, you're gonna, David's going to fight at home next week. It's going to be on USA TV. So everybody in your hometown is going to come out and watch David because why? David, yes, but USA Television. So now US, uh, HBO is saying, hmm, they're developing the guys we're going to need. I could almost say basically that was the minor league of television for boxing, USA TV was. So because the guys had time to build up a reputation and get the awareness yes. out first for free. And then you're invested in the fighters. And once you're invested and you see what they could do, it's like, hell yeah, I want to watch Sugar Ray Leonard. Did you see what yes, he did I want the to last watch guy? Sugar on, on, on HBO cable. That's mm -hmm. right. Oh, we want, we want to see this. And HBO did the things that ABC did. They introduced the backlot stories on these guys. So now here's a guy like a young Sugar Ray Leonard, or Pernell Whitaker, Oscar De La, Well, before Oscar, but Oscar De La, I'll use him in that because he fits in that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But all these guys now, the backstory you know about. Guess what now? They're on HBO television. And people were like, whoa, you fight on HBO. That was a thing. Mm -hmm. But the promotions had been done by the then promoter, the networks, the networks, I should say, in USA. And every week you seen somebody on USA television. Now, all of a sudden, you saw his first 12 or 13 fights. Now, you can't see him anymore, really, for free. But you got, you know, HBO is not free. Subscription television. But it's 13, I don't know what it's costing, about 13, 14 bucks a month. At that time, you only had one HBO, basically. So you knew on Saturday nights, you were going to see somebody, a name. Basically. So it could, be a, it, could, it could be a tradition, too. Every Saturday it, night, it you, your buddies come over, and you watch this for free. Yes. It became yeah, that's not, that sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> it, I mean, for us, it does. Why? Because it's like every week you didn't have to 
worry about over oh, who, who's fighting. Holyfield is fighting here. Fennell is fighting here. Yeah, well, who you do know? I need to pay this time? Because, uh, you know, <laughs> sign in, go through the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Don King came in with Mike Tyson to HBO right first. And Don had this thing, but he got the greed, the old things. I, I, the best quote from a movie I guess I ever seen was one Clint Eastwood made. He said, greed buries more people than a shovel ever will. See, Don <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, Don got to the point that he says, "Okay, Mike Tyson is this guy. Everybody and ABC had used Mike Tyson. If you look mm -hmm. at early on his fights, was one round fights for two rounds, but that's what made it exciting. They had used it. You know, you saw him on TV. But, but people, but people got mad when they had to pay for it though, because they because they, they'd pay for they pay for a fight and then Mike could knock him out in thirty seconds. They're like, "What the heck was that? But that David, was weeks of buildup." <laughs> Yeah, but you know what, David? It was probably, and I, I, I talked about this before, but it was probably the only time, after Mike did this a few times, people got to the point they wanted to see it. It wasn't about who Mike Tyson was fighting. Mm -hmm. It was how long was the fight going to last? You know, yeah, tw told, 20 I, I seconds said, or 30 right. seconds. 20 seconds, one minute. I mean, I told people, I was at most of his bigger fights. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But there were times when I'd had, if I didn't go to see somebody like a Call of Truth Williams, something like that, I might say, oh, you know, I'm not going, but that's no big deal. But mm -hmm. if you lined up to see, and I just used call, could have been anybody, guys, so I'm not, you know, it's not dispersing on call. But I mean, but what happened was people set up parties and you get to neighborhoods and cars are parked all down the street. It's a Mike Tyson fight. You've ordered 300 pizzas. The fight starts and bang, bang, it's gone, oh, it's over. Now you're stuck with a bunch of pizza. Everybody's gone home. But people look, people look forward to that. And then even after Tyson, you had Holyfield, right? You had mm -hmm. the little guys, the Whitakers, the Chavez's, uh, the, uh, 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 the Chavez, I'm trying to think of many of them, the, the Arguellos. Aaron Pratt never really got a real chance to fight on that, but he's one of the exciting guys. Then you came in with Tommy Hearns, Ray Leonard. Then there was a plethora of these guys. And then George mm -hmm. comes along with this backstory, you know, 35 years old guy, 38 year old guy, is he going to do it? HBO. So they became, the, the thing was human drama. All, sure. all, the all the backstories you see nowadays um, really comes in the form of drama. It's, it's fighters versus other fighters and it's all on Twitter. So it's rather than, <laughs> rather than hearing um, for, for like seeing them fight for free, growing that kind of relationship of, of watching over several fights, seeing them progress, uh, hearing their backstory and what they went through and how they may be similar to you. Instead, instead, fighters are trying to um, just get attention by saying the nastiest things they can to the another big fighter on Twitter. You can, yes. Yeah. Or they talk about their girlfriends. You know, that, that, that's just like in the, the, in the early 80s and 90s, the hip hoppers, that's what they did. See, they're, they're, they're like, because they're like, oh, I did your girlfriend. I mean, you know, they wrote songs. Wrote the oh, yeah, yeah. Insult their like family, that. insult yeah. their dads, insult they their coach, insult, insult any, members, anyone you right? can. Yeah. Yeah, because the idea is that people say, oh, God, did you hear that record? So these guys, when you look at Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, I tell them, we got more champions on there than we do in the ring. I mean, because these guys, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what they are. They, yeah. You know, you're the middleweight champion spending, of spending Facebook. That's what they're spending their time on, yeah. But, so. the, but. In, in Charlo's case and, and Jamel and Jamal, and we're gonna, I know we're gonna, we're gonna break down the next one, but I'm telling you, in that particular fight, that particular fight, 
the buildup was hard to do. Darian, Darian Vincenco, Darian, whatever. You said we we're going to be mispronouncing his name. <laughs> but, but, but the thing about it is, had he won any one of those two fights he lost to, I think he lost to Triple G and he mm -hmm. lost to uh, Jacobs, I think it was. Yeah. Bad decision. But the, but the difference would have been had he won those fights, just maybe, just maybe you can sell the public the $75 because he's an undefeated guy, an international mm -hmm. fighter. But now here you are sitting with a guy that's lost a couple of times, a guy that's, like you said, full of drama and, and the, the Jamal brother, because you see him on Twitter, they're getting cars and they're showing their house and they're doing all those kind of crazy things. That means absolutely, in this day and time, people don't want to hear it, first of all. You know, if you turn on something and the guys... It, yeah, it, de it definitely doesn't make you sympathetic to them at all. Not yeah. at all. You have to, um, you know... Which, which they, they might have a, they might have like a hard upbringing or something. And, but if they do, I don't know. Um, they're from Houston. <laughs> all I know, they're, they're from Houston. And I really started hearing about them. Derrick James is a, a guy who fought for me many times, a good friend of mine. And he was training. He's, I think he was training Errol Spence first. And then Ryan Shields, another good friend of mine. And they start training. I know more about them. I heard more about them than I did to do than, than uh, the, the two twins. Okay, mm -hmm. then it became a novelty, as you said, the two twins. But the problem is, they've yet to have every when when uh, they've yet to have that real signature fight. And the reason has been, and I don't know, do you blame? A guy asked me the other day. He said, "Well, who do you what, what do you have uh, who do you have to blame for not having a fight B, right?" And I say sometimes the the the, the managers or the, the the administrators of these guys, if they have them, they have to be careful because the idea is that you don't want to get your golden goose knocked out. Oh, oh we're we're told, gonna we're gonna talk about that later. So let's let's okay, save that for all later. Right, we'll, yeah. we'll hold back on. So let's stay on it. But anyway, so what happens is now with these guys. Now I don't know how true this is, but I've heard that they did maybe fifty between fifty, sixty, maybe ninety thousand homes. That's nothing. I'm sorry. No, it's you it's know. nothing compared to what it could be for sure. If if they but gave if, a reasonable price, they would have made more money. They would have. You can imagine those numbers could have been doubled. I know. Don't don't get me wrong. It was a great fight. It just wasn't a fight that was worth seventy five dollars. No, um, not that, No, of course not. Yeah. Even, well, they're trying to say you got five title fights in one night. Yeah, right. Okay. But three of the guys, nobody knew about. That's not okay. hard to do. That's not hard to do, though, when you have, when like, you got 50 belts. Titles. Yeah, when, right. When you, have 50, <laughs> when you have 50 belts and, like, 200 weight divisions, I swear to exactly. God, this guy's 156 fighting at 158. Can he make it? Can he do it? <laughs> Can Just he do it? Up. Yeah. I heard Just shut up I with heard, it. I heard Paul Mayweather say that, oh, I fought more world champions than Rocky Marciano than, than, than Muhammad Ali than this guy and that guy. But, well, what the heck, Lloyd? You got 35 champions in one division. Of course yeah. you could have. You thought the, the lightweight champion of the IBO, the WBF, the WBK, and all that. Yeah, you did. But that that's that's not the thing. Yeah, you did a great job of doing that. It's, it's got to be so easy to create a boxing organization. I don't know everything that, that's involved in it, but it's got to be like – it's got to be like getting your driver's license or something, you know. It, it's, it, well, it, it is. It, see, it, see, it seems like everyone can, you know, can make one um, no, if, know, if they want to, pretty easily. I always, 